Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, and thank you again for joining us here on the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Today's topic is focusing on coaching middle school basketball. As someone who has coached middle middle school basketball, there is such a need for great coaches at that level who can help their players learn and play the game the right way. So to discuss this topic, I'm very lucky to have Coach Keith Haskins on the show. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing quite well. We're, we're here in the summer talking basketball. Think things are great. Um, before we get into any of the questions, I want to make sure that the listeners know uh, your story, your background, and kind of your basketball journey. So, Coach, can you go and, and tell us your basketball and uh, coaching journey? Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, playing and loving basketball, but uh, had a pretty tumultuous childhood, so I didn't. I never actually played school basketball, um, so that's definitely quite different than a lot of coaches. Um, but once I got into college, um, you know, I had that love of basketball and I knew that um, I wanted to coach basketball at some point. Um, I was going to school to become a teacher, so I knew that I would have that opportunity. So um, once I made my mind up that I wanted to coach basketball, um, I immediately became a student of the game. You know, um, I'd always loved it and had watched it, but um, I tried to go into it from that point. Uh, trying to learn as much about basketball as I possibly could. Um, so once I got my first um, teaching job, I um, became an assistant basketball coach. Um, I volunteered. I didn't get paid. Um, that's how much I loved it. I just I did it for free no matter what. Um, I just wanted to be a part of it. And uh, I did that for two years, and uh, I learned a lot. And then I got a new teaching job at the school that I'm teaching at currently. And um, they had a, an open position for the JV boys basketball coach. And the principals came in and asked me a few questions. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told them what I knew about basketball. And they were, um, they were impressed. And uh, so I became the JV boys basketball coach. And it's, it's been a journey. You know, um, there are some things that you can't learn about the game of basketball. Um, just from reading and watching videos. And so one thing that definitely has been a challenge for me was just some things like, uh, you know, game management, um, time management, rotations and things like that. And and those are a lot of things that you sort of pick up uh, when you play organized basket, basketball. Um, but uh, I've just found that um, I can I can keep up with pretty much any coach as long as I'm willing to, to learn and uh, just continue to grow. So um, that's my journey, and I'm definitely far from being over, but uh, it's been enjoyable so far. 
Well, that's great. And I, and I think something that you said that that is awesome is that even if you didn't necessarily play it at an organized level, that doesn't mean that you can't get into coaching. If, if you have a love for the game and, and you want to learn and you want to, you know, teach and give back and coach the game, uh, just because you didn't play at an organized level doesn't mean that you can't do that. And agreed that uh, with what you said, that nothing beats experience. Yeah. Uh, you can try and read books. You can you can go to a bunch of clinics, but sometimes our best uh, learning experiences are or when we're thrown in the fire and, and actually doing it, right? Definitely. So before uh, we get into our topic of talking about middle school basketball in particular, I wanted to touch on, uh, touch with you about running uh, a recreational basketball program. And I think uh, a lot of times when we think about coaching and, and, and the different practices involved in coaching, we focus a lot on the middle and high school level and even some of the AAU type, more formally uh, organized types of basketball. But what are the benefits and what are the positives that you've seen uh, from players who are playing at a recreational level? And what are the benefits that coaches could get out of coaching at a more recreational level? So uh, this past year, I actually had the opportunity to uh, run my city's basketball program uh, at the rec level. And that was uh, K through eight. Uh, actually, I think we had a couple of high school teams and the reason I wanted to get into that was because I wanted to help grow our basketball program. Um, I wanted to implement some of the things that we do at the middle school and at our, you know, our feeder high school um, at the rec level. So um, I wanted to get into that and it was definitely an enjoyable experience. But one of the things that I would say um, is the biggest benefit of coaching at the rec level is you get to instill a love of the game in the kids. Um, it's so important that the kids enjoy the game of basketball and love the game of basketball, because if they don't, then they won't want to continue playing it. Um, so that's the biggest influence you can have as a as a rec level coach is just getting the kids to love the game of basketball. My daughter is five. She just started playing basketball and she keeps she asks every time I do anything basketball related when am I going to play basketball again <laughs> she's just so excited and that's just a testament to her coach you know um, you know they <laughs> that her coach just instilled a love of game a love of the game of basketball into her and so that's definitely the biggest part and one of the other biggest parts of you know being a rec basketball coach or having being involved in a recreational basketball program is um, just implementing what I like to call those foundational skills. And so that's things like dribbling with both hands, um, you know, proper shooting form, um, just staying in front of the basketball on defense. And, and these are, you know, very basic things, but a, a lot of middle schoolers come to me and can't do these things. And I've even seen high school basketball players, they can jump out the gym but they can't dribble with their offhand. They can't make a layup with their offhand. So not only is it important to instill um, a love of the game of basketball at the rec level, it's important to make sure that they have those foundational skills that they can build upon once they go um, into middle and high school basketball. So rec level coaches have such, such, such a big role to play in the overall basketball careers of players. And um, a lot of times they don't realize it, but they're the first step in in everything that they do later on so well that makes so much sense in that 
by the time players get to high school, by the time my girls get to me, they've already had a lot of coaches and they've already had a lot of different people teach them and give them instruction. And if they have coaches along the way that have helped instill that love for the game, then they come to me already really excited. And a lot of that excitement comes from that youth level and that recreational level. And again, at that middle school level and that we should look, as you mentioned, we should kind of look at this as like a pipeline where the recreational level coach and, and, and the youth and middle school level coach and the high school coach, we're, we're kind of all working together. Um, because like you said, not only does it kind of build that pipeline where they kind of go from one to another and there's little familiarity with the coaches on who coached them before, but I think it also might help the players in establishing kind of a common language where they know like, okay, this is what we did at the rec level. Well, now when I go to this middle school, I kind of know what to expect. And then when I go to high school, I kind of know what to expect. So just to touch on that really quickly, have you kind of built any uh, relationships with some of the different like high school coaches or middle school coaches? I know you coach middle school, but is there kind of a connection there between the rec coaches and then uh, coaches at those levels? Well, this was just my first year running the rec program, so we're trying to build some different things. And uh, we also just got a new high school um, a boys coach. Um, but some things we do try to do is um, they have like a rec night at the high school where, you know, rec players can go out um, between games, between the girls and the boys games and be recognized. Um, I, I held a coaches clinic and, uh, you know, try to Im implement some of those things that we do at the middle and at the high school because, you know, we run the same types of system as the high school does. So try to implement some of those things, get the coaches to know and understand some of those things that we do. And so that you, they can use some of those, um, the same vocabulary words that we use, you know. Um, I, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day and it was talking about, you and your guests were talking about the, the verbiage and how sometimes it can be changed, you know, from one coach to the next. So that's one thing, one important thing I was trying to do is, you know, have them understand some of the ideas, the same verbiage that we do. And like you said, it becomes just a pipeline from uh, the rec level to the middle school level to the high school level, where we're all doing very similar things, talking about the same things. And I think it really just enhances their basketball experience when it's like that. Well, that's, that's great that you have that willingness to want to work, especially with those high school uh, coaches, because I know so many high school coaches want to build those relationships with the coaches at the younger level, like you said, to establish that pipeline. So uh, I would definitely say to, the, to those high school coaches, you know, look for your rec coaches, look for your youth coaches, look to build those connections because it's going to strengthen your program. So absolutely. That's great. So uh, our topic and our focus for today is going to be on the importance and the finer points in running a successful uh, middle school program. Again, this speaks to me on a personal level because I was a middle school coach for a few years and I saw some really good coaches and there's definitely some unique characteristics that go with coaching middle schoolers and teaching middle schoolers. So I think this is uh, a great topic to discuss. So to get us started, 
Uh, a lot of coaches who look to get right into coaching, a lot of them, you know, think high school or even beyond that. They think, oh, I want to go to college right away. And oftentimes they don't consider or even like think about coaching at the middle school level, which is funny because that's kind of like with teaching too. A lot of teachers don't think about teaching at middle school right away. Uh, why do you think coaches should consider coaching at a middle school? And, and how can players at that level really benefit from having a passionate and invested coach? So... I think generally speaking, high school um, is more focused on winning, whereas generally speaking, uh, middle school um, can and should be more focused on uh, de developing players to get them ready to play high school basketball. So I think that's one of the benefits of coaching middle school basketball is you get to focus more on player development um, than just wins and losses. And we all know those high school coaches who have a horrible record and they just get fired, you know. Um, and, and so the very nature of that, um, it lends itself to wanting to just focus on winning whatever you can do to win. And in my experience, that hasn't been the case at the middle school level. You know, um, I think a, a lot of players and, and parents and fans and, and administrators and everybody can understand the fact that you're trying to, to build something rather than just, you know, win a, a middle school championship, because, I mean, let's be honest, who's going to remember that in 10 years? Um, probably no one. Um, but having a middle school coach that is passionate, um, and, you know, because middle school is, it's, middle school is more developmental, um, <clears throat> I think players can really benefit from coaches who, who like, let them make mistakes. Um, when you make mistakes, I tell my players all the time, when you make mistakes, it's okay. Um, what we want to do from those mistakes is learn from those mistakes. And by mistakes, I'm not talking about not giving 100% effort. That's not a mistake. That's a choice. A mistake is, you know, um, forcing a pass when, you know, it wasn't really there or maybe it was a second or two late. Those are the mistakes I'm talking about. Um, and when you have a coach that's passionate about development um, and they let those players make mistakes and they know that it's okay to make those mistakes, um, then your players buy into your program and they buy into that fact that it's okay to make mistakes and, and it doesn't hinder their growth. You know, making those mistakes is what helps them grow. It's what helps them learn. And so um, that's one thing that middle schoolers can definitely benefit from having a passionate coach is they, you know, those coaches focus on development and they are uh, more apt to let their, their, uh, players make mistakes and, and they will grow and learn from those mistakes. Something that, that you mentioned that just sort of <laughs> turned on the light bulb in my head was you mentioned how middle school coaches can really focus on uh, the player development. And with that, coaches can also focus on their coaching development as well, because if they're not in an environment where they necessarily feel that much pressure to win, then coaches have more of freedom or more of an opportunity to be able to try out new things and see what kind of works for them. And, and that totally makes sense to me. And that totally clicks with me. Um, and I definitely agreed about you, you. You get the patience. I think there's not necessarily at a middle school level. I've never worked at a middle school that had like an athletic director. It wasn't like there was pressure from that way. So you had a lot of patience and, and just that freedom for both players and coaches to make mistakes. So I'm curious about 
how you're able to focus on player development because the wins don't necessarily matter. Do you find that the players are still like really all about like winning? Is there a way that you can shift the mindset of a middle school program or your middle school program so it's not like, hey guys, we have to win above all else versus let's just enjoy the process of learning basketball? Yeah, well, well, don't get me wrong. I Everybody enjoys to win basketball games, you know, nobody enjoys losing. And, um, you know, if if we do happen to be in a championship game, you know, we're in a tournament or something uh, and uh, I have the opportunity to win, then, you know, I might take it. However, the overall picture is definitely more focused on development. And what one thing that we do is at the beginning of the year, and I'm sure a lot of coaches do this, but we have, you know, we have a, a team meeting uh, with the parents, the players, and coaches. And um, one thing that I tell them is that, you know, we we're focused on development here. And so what that looks like for us is we run man defense, whereas, you know, unfortunately, at the rec level, most players run zone defense. Thank um, you for running. man. And, Thank you. <laughs> it, it's a big thing for me. So I. A, a lot of my players don't know how to properly run a man defense. Um, they might be able to guard their person, their guy, but when it comes to anything past that most basic level, they can't do that. So the majority of our season is spent playing man defense. And so it's important that my parents and players know that just because we're losing a basketball game doesn't mean we're going to switch to a zone. You know, that's what development looks like for my team. Just because we're losing doesn't mean we're going to switch to a zone so that we can win the basketball game. Because, you know, if we're losing because we're playing mans per se, what can we do to grow? What can we do to be, you know, be better in this moment? You know, how can we wind up winning the game while not giving up that developmental aspect, if that makes sense? You know, we're going to continue to do the things that we believe in as a team. And I think if you get your parents and your players to buy in early on, um, it's a lot smoother sailing down the road. Oh, absolutely agreed with the buy-in. If the parents understand the expectations, it's going to make your season probably a lot better. And yeah, definitely agree about you still are, want to win. <laughs> winning, yes. winning is still something that you would like to have. I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to coach two like middle school city champion teams. And, and when I got to those games, trust me, I, I, the players and yeah. I still wanted to win those games. But like you said, um, the development of the players is so important. And I'm so happy that you mentioned about, about man defense. And, and maybe that also looks like playing more players and giving players more opportunity. And about not switching things up, just looking for a victory. I, I think that something that coaches might be able to take out of this who are looking to, to kind of coach at a middle school level or maybe who have seen success at high school level, something to think about is that maybe the middle school coaches are putting the, the players in tough positions in middle school so that they're able to have more success when they get into high school. So like that middle school loss might lead to a high school win if that player was able to kind of develop yeah. something out of that, I think. And that's um, the point, you know, <laughs> that's right. the goal. Right, absolutely. And, and if you're 
have that connection right the high school coaches and you have that pipeline built they'll 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 understand that and and i think middle school parents uh and, and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think middle school parents a lot of them who are coaches or who are parents of players want their players to move on to high school right so there's probably yeah. a level of understanding of that player development am i am i correct yeah. in thinking that yes i mean that i can't i don't think i've ever had a parent who didn't want their child to play high school basketball eventually and uh and there are still some uh cases where the parents maybe don't understand that you know that we have to give up a little bit of the winning in order to focus on the developmental side but the majority of parents understand and like i said if you get them to buy in they'll have your back and it's it's not going to be a big deal if you take a loss because you were doing something to try to grow your players and they understand that so. agreed and it's great when everybody parents players and coaches when they're all working together absolutely mm -hmm. so as somebody uh who has experience also coaching high school players which you do uh what what skills do you find are lacking by many players when they get to high school or they're of high school age and how can a middle school coach best serve their players to be more successful in high school i know you've touched on this a little bit about player development but are there specific things or specific skills that you find a lot of high schoolers are lacking that you're trying to focus on in your middle school program um I've coached several uh, high school um, travel ball teams, and as silly as it sounds, those foundational skills are still missing from a lot of players. Um, but one thing specifically, um, you know, since we've already touched on those foundational skills, one thing specifically is decision making. Um, and, and I would have to say that decision making is probably the most if not top two or three most important skills in basketball. Uh, because if you have somebody who's going to make the right decision almost every time, that person's going to see the court. Um, that person is going to get good minutes. Um, so the high school players that I've had experience with still lack that decision-making. And so one thing that I think that middle school coaches and even rec level coaches can do um, to foster that decision-making uh, skill in their players is to run an offense that forces your players to make decisions. Um, I'm not saying that you can't have quick hitters or you know to run sets to to try to to score a basket every now and then, or they can't press or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't have an offense that's only focused on quick hitters or that's only focused on doing one or two very specific things. Um, I, um, we've run a continuity offense in the, the past few years. In the past, I've run um, the read and react, and I'm sure you, you, you know, I'm sure you know the read and react. But those types oh, yeah. of offenses, where players aren't just doing one thing exactly specifically, where they have to to make a decision: do I need to dump it down into the post, or do I, do I need to skip past it to the opposite wing? Those are the decisions that are going to help them become better decision makers in high school. And if they are better decision makers in high school, they're going to get more minutes. So I think, again, decision making is the most important skill that they need to have going into high school. And if you learn, um, you know, a, a continuity type offense or a motion offense, those are going to be the types of offenses that allow players to make those decisions. And when they're making those decisions, they're going to make mistakes. When they make those mistakes, they're going to learn from them. So 
decision making and making uh, or allowing your players to run a continuity or motion based offense. Well, you've touched on a philosophy that I'm happy a lot of coaches seem to be embracing more and more is the idea of teaching um, players how to play versus just teaching them plays. Uh, because like you mentioned, if, if we're just teaching sets, only sets and only teaching plays, then we might find ourselves in situations where our players only know how to do that one particular motion or that one particular movement and and not being able to make those decisions. Um, have you found that it's been difficult to kind of get players to get away from that sort of fixed mentality to kind of see the game in more of a, a general sense? Or do you think that you're able to have some success at a middle school level kind of teaching that because they maybe don't already have like fixed set plays in mind. Uh, is that something that you you're able to teach at that middle school level, able to teach that decision making process? Well, I think you touched on it when you said the general, you know, consensus for a lot of coaches is teaching them how to play. So I think as players um, are underneath more coaches that just want to teach them how to play, it, it's easier when they come to me and I have that mindset already because they're used to it. Um, I don't I don't think that I, I think that emotion offense is is best for player development and I think that the kids can buy into that also. I think it's easy to buy into that because you know those types of continuity or motion offenses because players are always touching the ball. So if you run a very specific set offense, you know, your number five guy who's on the floor may not get to touch the ball that often. And if they do, it's probably to pass to, you know, a scorer. Whereas if you're running the read and react, you know, and you're teaching players to pass and cut, you know, to make back cuts and things like that, um, they're going to be touching the ball all the time. And it's going to foster those decision-making skills. And I don't think it's hard to get players to buy in when they see, um, you know, how much they get to touch the ball, how how much freedom they have, I just don't think it's hard to get players to do that um, when they when they see how much you can really do for them. Right, uh, agreed with the fact that if they can see the benefit of it, and if they're able to be more engaged, and they're able to touch the ball, and they're able to be more a part of things, it's probably going to be an easy sell. And another thing too, speaking as a high school coach, and I'm sure many high school coaches would agree, if you only run like a couple fixed sets and that's it, it, it won't take too long for a good coach to find a counter to that no. or be able no. to just nullify that right away. So unpredictability with that offense, I think is is really important. Um, and I Can don't, I jump in here real quick? Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing I always tell my players is that, you know, I can teach you sets, but when you go to your next coach, that coach is not going to have the same sets. Um, and so you've pretty much just wasted your time with me. If I didn't teach you how to become a better basketball player and all I ta taught you was, you know, this X number of sets, then, you know, you just wasted your time. You might have learned those sets really well, but you didn't learn how to become a better player. So my job is to teach you how to become a better player so the next coach, you know, is better set up for success. Right. So you're teaching players uh, in a way that they can fit into any system that they might yes. go into high school. Right. Absolutely. And so 
not to have you uh, put put any other uh, coaches around you on, on blast or anything like that, but but have you found that other middle school programs around you are, are, are they having that same philosophy? Are they embracing that same philosophy of kind of having a more uh, decision making based offense? Or do you still find that there's coaches who are running a lot of sets? I, I guess I'm just trying to get the sense of whether or not you feel like you're doing things a little bit differently, or if you think that that mentality is kind of being embraced in your area? Um, I would say it's 50-50. Um, when I run into coaches, a lot of the times, especially since we're playing man, we're one of the few teams in, in our league that play man, probably one of two, maybe three. Um, of course, there are always like if their team is running a zone and we're just destroying it, you know, they might go to a man. But our base yeah. defense is a man. Um, so... Some coaches or a lot of coaches run um, a pass and cut, a five-out type offense against us because we run man. So um, we see it a lot more than probably what other teams uh, see since they run a zone. Uh, but I would say it's about 50-50. Um, there are some coaches that we run into who, you know, the coaches yelling a play every, t every trip down the floor. Let's run Y. Let's run action, whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually it's, it's pretty easy to pick up on those uh, as a coach. Your players, you know, since they're middle school players, they take a little bit longer to, to understand what's going on. Um, but it's 50-50. Some coaches have bought in on that philosophy. And some coaches are sort of um, still doing things the quote-unquote old school way, if that makes sense. Right. And, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to kind of shift that that number a little bit. But I'm glad you, in your experience, you still have about half the coaches who, who kind of are embracing that that more decision based uh, offense, I think is great. Uh, something that you touched on uh, just then in your answer was about how uh, middle school players may take a little bit longer to kind of pick up on something or, or to understand a certain direction. Uh, so with that, how are middle school aged players different than coaching a high school players in what ways should a middle school coach consider maybe changing their coaching style or changing their approach so that they're serving uh that that middle school player at, at the level that they're at and kind of the age of development that they're at well i found that middle school players and really middle schoolers in general are still finding themselves you know they don't quite know who they are as a person yet, or they might not even know who they want to be as a person yet. So they're still growing a lot personally. Um, and so I found that it's super, super important as a middle school coach to try to build relationships with your player, uh, with your players. Um, as I said, they're still growing, so they're very impressionable. So if you can build those relationships and, you know, just, just be a positive influence in their life, um, be a mentor both on the court and off the court to them, um, they're definitely going to benefit from that much more than they would someone who is just strictly a basketball coach. Um, one quote that I always love to tell my players, um, Phil Jackson said, not only is there more to life than basketball, but there's more to basketball than basketball. And so it takes a little while for our players to understand what that means. Um, but what I take away from that quote is that, you know, we can come out here and win games and we can come out here and, uh, you know, everything on the court matters, but the stuff that's off the court matters more. You know, um, us learning how to work hard to try to overcome a team that, you know, just constantly kicks our butts or something like that. 
Um, those life lessons or those off the court lessons are going to be the things that stick with your players much more than the basketball stuff does. So as a middle school coach, I think it's really important to make sure that you just try to build those relationships. And yes, you want to, you know, build your player skills, but there's more to it than that. So I think it's just important as a middle school coach to try to build those relationships and to try to have your players know that you care about them outside of basketball as well. Well, that's such a great thing to have on the forefront uh, of your mind, whether you're teaching or whether you're coaching, is that the relationships you have with your players are, are the most important things. And, and, uh, and as a middle school coach, you building that positive relationship with the players lets them understand that there is a real positive benefit to that player-coach relationship, and it's probably going to help that player develop more positive relationships with other coaches as they move on in that high school level. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And what you said about them being impressionable <laughs> uh, and a lot of players in, uh, trying to find themselves, uh, again, as somebody who's coached and taught at that level, you get a 7th or 8th grader they are completely different <laughs> from from the beginning of the year to the end of the end of the year yes. in some cases and so uh that that put a thought in my head that i wanted to uh, address with you is the fact that middle school players are going through so many changes physically emotionally and mentally uh there could be i, I know i've seen this some some day-to-day kind of like volatility or or emotional or behavioral changes in kids kind of from day to day at the middle school level so how how do you like set standards or routines and expectations and maybe what are those standards and expectations that you have in your program that players know what's going on they know what the deal is and even if they have all this other stuff that's going on in their middle school life they're still able to you know understand what your standards routines behaviors and expectations are well i mentioned earlier how we have a a, a meeting you know with uh, parents and players and uh and i also talk to my players before we have that meeting um and i basically just set a list of non-negotiables um, things that are I'm not okay with and I never will be okay with. And if you don't do these things, there will be some consequence. And, um, and those non-negotiable, non-negotiables are things like um, effort. You know, if I see you um, jogging in, during a drill, even though it's just in practice, uh, I'm going to make you go to the baseline and we're going to be running. Um, if you are acting like a fool in class, even though it's not in, you know, strictly basketball related, you are still representing our school. Um, and if you are acting like a fool in class, you're going to be on the baseline as soon as practice comes. So I've I found that um, if you set a list of non-negotiables, you know, and whatever, whatever that may be for you, your list might be completely different than my list. And that's okay. As long as your parents and your, your players and parents know that this is your list of non-negotiables, then they're informed and if they choose to break one of those non-negotiables or not follow one of those non-negotiables they know there will be consequences so i think it's just important to let your players know communicate to them first thing like at the beginning of the first day of practice these are my list of non-negotiables if you don't follow them there will be consequences and once you do that it's pretty easy to you know everybody usually falls in line and if they don't then they know and it's not like you're just picking on them you know 
and players and students, they love the structure. Honestly, they might say that they don't, but they do love structure. And so if you set that list of non-negotiables, let your players know, let your parents know, um, everything pretty much falls into place after that. As long as you keep your word, of course. <laughs> Oh, yes, definitely make sure that you're keeping your word and following through every time. Uh, I'm so I'm so happy. Uh, The teacher in me especially is so happy that that you brought up this idea of structure because, yeah, kids may say routine is boring, but but no, they they love structure. They love knowing what to expect, especially Mm -hmm. if you teach in an area where it's a bad home life or tough home environment and every day at home is kind of who knows what's going on for for your classroom or for for your gym to just be that place of normal routine and standard i I can't agree with you more how how much kids they need that and and they crave that especially Uh, yeah absolutely and then they feel safe and i think that that's super important too uh they feel safe and that they have that relationship with you, like you mentioned, they feel safe, they understand what's happening, and and hopefully it just makes them feel more comfortable, and, and, and especially because middle schoolers want to feel comfortable, they want to fit in, and, and I, think that's, I think that's definitely true. Um, and so another thing too that you brought up uh, is the idea of them understanding that they represent the school in their actions. Uh, have you, been able to see where like the middle school students are, are are they like taking pride in their school are they taking pride as a part of their team i know it's such a big emphasis on high school about like the culture of the high school and you putting on that jersey or representing like the, the high school and all the tradition that this high school has had do you find that that you're still able to kind of do that at the middle school level or the players kind of buy into to the program so to speak and, and, and being a part of the school I would say at some level, um, it, it's not really prominent, um, but there's definitely some, especially against our county rivals. Um, you know, when we play them, maybe they come to us, um, you know, we have a lot of school spirit in the stands. And and so at some level, yes, uh, but um, not quite, you know. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if there's something I should be doing to foster that more or if it just comes naturally you know, when they get to high school or what, but not, not a ton, but some. Well, I think definitely about like rival, rival schools, even if it's at a middle school, people, people can get up to those. And, and I think what, what you're doing though is great. And still for a lot of coaches who are teaching at middle school, just kind of the understanding that putting on that Jersey means that you're representing something bigger than yourself. And I think that's something that you're emphasizing. I know that's something I try to emphasize that when you go to another school to play and you have that jersey on for for that school, like you're representing the school. They're not going to say, in my case, they're not going to say, oh, that girl did something wrong and she's mean. No, they're going to say Metro Tech High School is mean or those girls at Metro Tech are mean. (laughs) And so, yeah, like you said, kind of representing that the, the the school is what you represent when you're out there. So so great. Uh, that's that's good to know that that spirit's being built. Um, so to, to kind of conclude with this, uh, so much great information there, especially uh, for those thinking about coaching at middle school. Let's talk a little bit about a coaching moment of yours, uh, something that you've had in your coaching career, whether it was at middle school or any any level that you've uh, coached at, what's a coaching moment of yours that you think uh, other coaches might be able to learn from? So um, I cheated and I chose to. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's fine. That's fine. 
Um, but the, the two stores that I chose sort of emphasize, you know, some of the things that I've talked about today. And so um, a few years back, I had, uh, I was coaching, it was, this was after our school ball season was over, but I was coaching a spring rec uh, team and it has some of my former players on it, but it also had some uh, other players um, who maybe hadn't played basketball as much. They didn't make the basketball team. Um, there was one kid who went to my school who was a he was an upcoming ninth grader. So he was um, in eighth grade and he didn't make the basketball team. And uh, he had really never played basketball before. Um, but just with the way that, I, you know, I structured my practices and, uh, you know, I was able to help him find a love of a love of the game of basketball. And um, you know, he worked so hard on his own and he wound up making the basketball team as a ninth grader. And uh, and he eventually went on to to, you know, play varsity basketball. He was not you know, he was not a starter. He was really towards the end of the bench. But for somebody to have never played basketball, to be not even really that close to making a middle school basketball team and then go to be able to make the high school basketball team in just a few short months um, shows how much he, he loved the game and shows how much work he was willing to put in. And so. That one, you know, that story just shows how important it is that you make sure your players love the game and make sure you're not your player's last basketball coach, if that makes sense. And then one from this past year, um, this past school season, uh, we had a good season. Um, we lost a lot. We lost several really close games. And uh, my last guy off the bench, he, he played a decent amount of minutes, but he, he had not scored. He didn't score at all the whole season. Well, we're going into our, our um, end of the year tournament. And we go up on a team that had beat us by three earlier in the year. We go up um, early, and then we just sort of fall apart. They change things up, and we, we fell apart. And I tried switching to a zone. Like I said, you know, we're trying to, trying to win a game. I understand. Yep. And, uh, it just wasn't working for us. We went up early, but we wound up just, you know, falling apart after that. And uh, I, the last – four or five minutes of the game, I put this guy in and um, it was, on. You, you know, you have those moments where a game is in hand and you're just trying something different. You know, you're either going to win or you feel like you're going to lose. So you're trying something different. And we tried everything we could to win. But at that point, I feel like, you know, we weren't going to win. So I put uh, my number, you know, number 10 guy in and, uh, and I called a timeout and I said, Let's let's let this guy score, and and my players were doing everything. I was running every set that I had for him, trying to get him to score, and he he kept attacking the basket, and he had like six free throws, and I think he missed his first five, and then you know there's like a minute left, and he he sinks his last free throw, and my whole bench just goes crazy, and you know even though it's our last game of the year, we're definitely going to lose. Um, our season is over, they just erupted because, you know, they had that love for their brother, you know, their teammate. And, uh, and to see my players react in that way was so special because they knew that that moment was bigger than basketball. It, was, it would be easy in that moment to just say, man, this sucks, we lost, what a crappy day, what a crappy game. But they were able to find joy in that game and, and realized that that moment was bigger than basketball, that their brother had finally scored after all season of working his butt off. And so that was really special. So um, 
just those two moments, you know, if you can instill a love of the game of basketball and help your players see that there's more to life than basketball, um, I think I think you're going to be you, you've got the makings of a really good coach. Oh man, I, I know that that this is an audio thing, but I'm, I'm I'm smiling from ear to ear here, just just hearing that, hearing both of those moments. Uh, wow, um, just just completely agree to your first point about if you can instill that love in in players, and and if you can get them to love the game, it's it's so rewarding to see them kind of develop that love for it and continue to to play onward. I mean, I I, I coached a girl I was fortunate enough who I just picked out a gym class and I said you should be playing basketball and, and <laughs> she joined my team and she's playing off in high school now and I think that's great. And then to that second story, I I, I think that moment that you said those players are gonna remember that probably like forever like that kid will yeah. probably remember that those players are going to remember how excited they were and it's so much further beyond basketball it's a, it's a moment that just goes so far beyond it and it's almost like they'll remember that moment more than if they had won at mm -hmm. least that's what i feel right and, and, that, uh, and that it just meant so much more to them you're you're right they they will definitely remember that um like i said earlier they they'll remember some of the basketball things but they'll remember, uh, you know, the moments that they bonded, the the funny things that happened in practice or or whatever. They'll remember those moments probably much much more than they ever remember anything basketball related. So you're definitely right. Absolutely. Uh, one of one of the old ad adages about teaching I, I remember learning was that uh, kids will remember how you made them feel versus what I, what you taught them, and uh, that that moment definitely speaks to that. So so that's that's awesome. So to wrap up. Coach, I want to give you uh, what I call my my 60-second soapbox here, where the floor is going to be yours to discuss or get an idea out or a final thought that you really want coaches to hear and, and make sure that they, they they pay attention to. So, so Coach, the floor is yours. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so um, I just wanted to stress the importance of continuing to learn and grow as a coach. You know, um, I had to do a lot of that, and I'm continuing to do that. Um, but no matter what you've accomplished, you know, you've won conference titles, league titles, state titles, national titles, whatever it is, um, never become complacent and never just settle um, for what you may have accomplished in the past. Uh, because there's always uh, somebody out there working hard. And, you know, we tell our players all the time, never quit working because everybody else is going to work. And if, if you stop working, you're going to fall behind. So, and, and that same thing goes for all coaches. Never just settle for what you have accomplished. Always continue to work and learn and grow. And now is the perfect time. There are so many video conferences going on, um, so many you know Zoom meetings, this, that, and the other that you can find as a coach. That there's really no excuse for you to not um, you know try to become a better coach. So if you if you always keep trying to work and become a better coach, um, you're doing your job. I think so. Well. Absolutely. You know, keep on learning, be a lifelong learner. And there's so many resources out there and, and whatever it is you do, just just keep trying to, to get better at, at this great job that we have. And, and it's going to benefit your your players in the long run, which which is absolutely what it's all about. So, uh, Coach Haskins, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great discu discussion. You shared a lot of great ideas uh, and I really appreciate your time. So, so thank you very much and uh, good luck this season, Coach. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank All you. right. This was another episode of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.
Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.